1: It's Jeremy White with Sneaky Joe DiBiase.
0: Every time you buy a red pepper, you're saving over years and years. Come on, that's got to be something. It's got to add up to at least 10 cents.
1: Jeremy White.
0: A weekly purchase of a red pepper. Yeah. You think you're saving $100 in your lifetime. Sneaky Joe DiBiase. All right, I have the bag. Going on the scale. It does not register one thing. Not registers. There it is. Come on. There it is. Nothing. 0. Kev- Kevin you've done a great service today Thanks. you didn't hit the zero is there a zeroing out button or anything you didn't hit that by accident On WGR sports radio 550 all right good morning, good morning. it's a uh, it's Jeremy White sneaky Joe it's a game night big game and the last sighted and the last game of all time 11 days <laughs> what right. are we gonna do for 11 days? Is this, the, is this uh, the worst sports weekend of the year? I mean, Arsenal plays and Josh plays in uh, the Pebble Beach Pro Am. Okay, not, well, that's not bad, but it's it's all the gimmicky stuff this weekend, and we're right in the heat of everything. Right, like we yeah. have been, we've been spoiled for how long because we've had football and we've had hockey going here with the Sabers, and yeah. we we had the FIFA World Cup. Like we've just been jam packed with sports for like six months, and now I get. It's what, what What's going on at the Pro Bowl games again? <laughs> I'm going to have Dawkins playing golf? Yeah. I'm gonna have You're going to or as you said, I'm going to have Josh playing golf. Josh will be playing golf, but there is a longest drive competition at the Pro Bowl games. Okay, so I'm so, going to find out how far, yeah. So some guys will be swinging golf clubs, yeah. How far can is DeAndre Hopkins in the Pro Bowl? How far can DK Metcalf hit a golf ball? Dodgeball, ball. All right. I guess you're right that there's a pretty significant drop-off from... You know the last couple weeks to this week, it's the NFL playoffs. To the NFL, basically, has a battle of the network stars, which you might you're not right. remember what that is. They used to have it where I know of it. Though. People from yeah. your favorite television shows would do obstacle courses on ABC on a Saturday at noon, and I you, would watch that this weekend. Yeah, they should bring those back probably. Sure. So yeah, it's it's uh, it can be it can be tough. I might pick you know if you're going worse weekends, and the week after the Super Bowl's not great either. Mm-hmm. Although you get the Daytona 500, okay, right, that got moved a week off of where it normally was once the NFL schedule moved. So, yeah, you have golf starting to kick back up. Although I guess you have that this week too. Maybe that's right. That's right. Golf helps. You know, the summer gets gets some dry moments, but baseball fans get baseball. I don't really care too much about that, but there's that. They're, but they're less for the Sabers, their last game in 11 days. They've got this big lengthy all star all star break and the bye, basically, mm-hmm. and. If they win tonight, they they will, whether it's regulation or overtime or shootout, if they win tonight, they will be in a playoff spot in the month of February, which is, um, well, speaking of big changes from one period to the next, Joe, it's about as good as you could possibly ask for from this team, right? Oh, yeah. We are, we've said it a few times, we're watching a playoff race right now. The Sabres are currently in a playoff race, and by this time tomorrow, they could be in a playoff spot which would be quite an accomplishment. I think You know, they have the longest drought in North American sports, right? The Sabres do. The Sabres and the Jets are tied. Uh, Sacramento Kings. Oh, okay, the Kings. But but they're, they're trending. They're like in third place in the West. Yes. So, so, so they're probably going to make it. They might make it, and they might end their drought. And the Sabres have the longest drought, at least in the NHL. Yep. To end this 11-game drought, I was thinking about we've, we've been through a team breaking a drought, the 17-year drought for the Bills. I don't think that if it gets to be – April whatever the last day of the season is April 11th and there's a Saturday afternoon game where the Rangers beat the Islanders 3 to 1 mm. we are running down the street like we were when Tyler Boyd scored that touchdown in Baltimore to to send the Bills are, to the playoffs You sure? I'm sure. What if it what what if it happens in a similar fashion that the Bengals Ravens game ended which is coming from out of nowhere you don't think this is going to happen like I don't know. Two breakaways in the final minute. Yeah, like Columbus <laughs> is playing. Columbus playing the Capitals. That happened last night. Yeah. The Sabres need Columbus to win the game, and they're in the playoffs, and they're down two with a minute to go. And they score an empty netter, and then right at the buzzer as well. And they and they win it. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen the same way. Okay. I don't. I don't think you would get TikToks and Snapchats of Bills fans going or Sabres fans reacting in the same way. It doesn't mean they wouldn't be as happy. Of course, you'd be happy to make the playoffs, but. What a, that can't happen, by the way. Well, I guess it could, but the Sabres actually finished the season with the Blue Jackets okay. on April 14th. So I picked the only team that is, would not work for this. Is that home? That's, a, that's away. Ah, okay. Would have been nice Which, if it was home. Hey, that could get your uh, TikTok videos. The Sabres score an overtime winning goal to that's make right. the playoffs. It'd be pretty on the good. road? It'd be good to take over that building on that yep. day. Look at us. We're already fast-forwarding to the last day of the season yep. with a chance to clinch the playoffs. I mean, don't we think, there are, don't we think there's a really good chance there at the least... Playing for something on that final night? What's more likely? This is a fun question. And eight zero three zero five fifty to join us on the Sabres drought, which, by the way, big game tonight. Carolina's it's a big game. What's more likely? That game means something. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry, let me start over. What's more likely? That game doesn't mean anything because, A, they're already in, mm-hmm. or, B, they're already out. Which is more likely of those two scenarios? It doesn't matter because they're Ooh. already in or it doesn't matter because they're already out. They're, I'm a, I might want to say it's more likely because they're already in. Wouldn't you? Right? Like, wouldn't yeah. you want to say that? That it's more yeah. likely they don't need the two points to lock up the eight spot because, you know, in the, in the NHL, the way the playoffs work these these days, last year the playoff teams were decided by Thanksgiving. Oh, by this time it was over. Yeah. Not and even close. This this is almost a yeah. little bit of a rare occasion where you probably have a good number of teams in the East that are still in it for those last couple spots. Mm-hmm. Washington, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, the Islanders, Florida, they are all separated by six points. And, you know, take Washington out of there. I've got four teams that are three points apart. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Islanders, and Florida, all for one spot. Right. And with a good chunk of the season left, that that looks like it's a good Eastern Conference race. Last year, the 8th and ninth place teams, they finished 20 points apart. Yeah, it was it was it was double digits. At least. It was Washington finishing with a hundred in eighth place, and the Islanders were in ninth with eighty four. Like that Aha. race, the race was yeah. over in the Eastern Conference a year ago. Basically, in February, it was over. So you've got the Sabers here in this race, and you know, talking about all the things that this team has done right since the Eichel trade, because the Eichel trade something that works out obviously great for them. Mm-hmm. Not even for Krebs with the picks. Just talk has be- just talk. Just talk has been good enough to make that tra- not only on the ice, off the ice the perfect fit. It's amazing that he exists as a actual player in the NHL. That he was just out there that, and this was within him and that the Sabres were thinking, "Listen, we need the exact opposite of what we just had, which is a player that grew up loving the Goathead-era jerseys right, right. and literally dreams of wearing it. Mm-hmm. Oh, can he also be good at hockey? And and we can get him in a trade. Right, because Kevin Adams, at the beginning of last season, talked a lot about players that want to be here. Did not 90% of the fan base roll their eyes and go, I did. Oh, okay. I mean, I still kind Who, who, who wants to be here? <laughs> like... I still kind of do, but the only players that want to be here are the ones that have to be here because they're on entry level contracts, right? right like right. that was that was the response to that. Or they found a guy, <laughs> right? Like they found one guy that actually did want to be here, and he's this good. Yeah, it's amazing. And After really- like, by the way, there was really maybe there were signs. I didn't watch him every night in Vegas, and then the, well, he only played a couple games in Minnesota. Maybe there were signs that this was in there, but by looking at his numbers, what did you? No way. I mean, he had scored twenty goals once. He had his career high in points was fifty two, and did did anyone think there was a point a game player in there? No, probably and Vegas not. Vegas didn't trade him, thinking that. No, it would kept him. A lot of these guys with this team probably. I don't know if you thought Dylan Cousins was a point a game player or Jeff Skinner was going to be approaching a point a game player. The young guys, though, at least like there was a, an unknown factor there, though, right? Like because. I mean, Tuck had played 250 games in the league. Maybe that's not as much as I'm thinking it is. But, like, yeah, Skinner's good for this, too. Like, was that still in there? But, yeah, Tuck is just... The guy took a huge step forward in his age 26 season. Like, who other than Brad Marchand does that in the NHL? That hasn't done it before. Trying to think, not many. No, it's it's rare. It's it's like Kreider did it last year, I think, in New York. Yeah. But there's not many examples it's, of like, oh, you're 26, and suddenly you take this big step. Yeah, it's the I'm sure they got other sports where that is even Like Rich Gannon won an MVP at 38 after yeah. being, just yeah. you know, a guy. Yeah, I mean they, they they've done they've done a million things right. They really have. They've done it, and part of what they also have done right is picked at the high at the top of the draft. You know, yep. they skirted one era of picking at the top, and now we have a second era of picking at the top, which is Cousins. I'm sorry, which is Power and Daleen. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cousins is a top 10 pick. They still have a bunch of really high picks. Two number oneers on their blue line, both being awesome mm-hmm. and awesome early in their careers, have really set this thing on, on the right track. They've it, identified a couple other pieces. You know, they, they've done a million things right. Isn't and that the strength of their team, too? Like Power may, and Daleen? Maybe it's not. All the way there right now. I feel like those two is the thing that could put them over the top from like good team to like cup contender someday. Yeah, I think they've done just so much good on the ice. And if you go all the way back to when Kevin Adams said, guys that want to be here, you know, Darlene. So Darlene wrote a piece. It's not a Players Tribune piece, but it reads like one. Yeah. It's an open letter to the fans that Rasmus Darlene has posted at sabers.com. And talks about how great it is to be here and how he's starting to feel it with the city, the connection. He makes a connection to Ryan Miller and how the fan base remembers him. And you can see that the team is kind of starting to feel that. There's a, there's a clip from one of the nights they're black and red. Which night are they mic'd up? And Thompson says something to the effect of, like, a goal's going to the next 15 years. Oh, that is, what's the game where Quinn scores twice? Okay. Um, oh, this is going to kill me because I'm in the arena. I'll, f- I'll find it. Okay. But whatever it is, yeah, they're wearing black and red. They're wearing black and red, and Thompson goes to the bench to talk about like you know how how good things are going. He's like, next, fi- next 15 years. The idea that a lot of these guys are going to stay together, they're going to win a lot of games, it's going in the right direction. St. Louis. St. Louis, okay. It was their first game wearing black and red. I think, too, he maybe was referring to, he said that after Quinn scored a goal. Yeah. So, like, he was kind of referring to Quinn and Paterka, who yeah. were on the ice. And I think that one of the things that maybe if a Sabres fan is out there in the wild talking to other sports fans about any other team, you've probably believed in the plan that your team has laid out a hundred times. And then the hundred and first time you want to say, no, no, but this time I like, really what they've got is really, really working. And I, that's how I want to say about this. Like, I know a lot of us have believed in this plan or that plan. You mentioned, you know, the idea of hiring Ralph Kruger. Okay. This is different. Let's see how this goes. What the Sabres have in Don Granado and Kevin Adams and what they've built right now is a plan that pretty much from day one started looking better. That's one of the things about Granado's interim season. Mm-hmm. As soon as he took over, it started to look better. And you maybe didn't have as many people paying as close attention to the Sabres as are right now, mm-hmm. now that they're the most entertaining team in hockey, arguably. And I can remember during that interim coach season – coming on and saying, hey, listen, they may have lost you, but it is getting better. Things are getting better with Granado. And he would come on and say all the right things about playing an entertaining brand of hockey, about not punishing young players for mistakes. Like, he just had all the right answers and people started to love his ideas. Mm. And then, boom, it's really starting to move in the right direction. Last year, you get Thompson, 38 goals. Okay, so I've got a breakout player and Darlene rebounding in a year that's like... The slow build year, yeah, and then this year power shows up. Power here, we're, like here it is. It's it's happening. Yeah, the I almost want to feel like though did how many plans have they had? Like how many like the Bills drought? There was repeated times of hope that you would think, okay, this team might actually have something when they were four and zero with Edwards in in two thousand eight, and then in eleven when they were. and and they beat the Patriots, and I don't know, when they signed Mario Williams, it's like, okay, (laughs) here we go, like, how many different quarterbacks, how many different cores of players, how many different coaches, I mean, that could just be because that drought was six years longer, but here, we've ran through coaches, but hasn't the whole plan on the roster always been the same until this current plan? Like, wasn't it always, get Eichel... And then after that, just him, Reinhardt, talent at the top of the lineup, and just surround them with the best you can. Like, Wasn't that kind of – hasn't there just been one plan until this one? Well, they had 17 first and second round picks lined up, right? Which is more than they have currently on these last few that they've spent. And they traded some of them away. I mean, Murray yep. made some trades. They made some bad picks. Mm-hmm. They What they did was they stuck with failure. This team – with Granado, it's, you know what Granado's a little bit like to me? If I can make a comparison about the Don Granado era, it's been a lot like Josh Allen's career. And I don't mean like it's gotten to the highest, highest level. Mm. But he comes in and you say, I'm seeing enough that I'm not needing to change anything. right? And then by year two and a half to three, it's, I like what I've got. There was never... Sure. The, 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 the highest the heat got on Granado or Kevin Adams in the last two and a half years was the eight-game losing streak this year. Right, is that it? That's and kind of it. Yeah. That's kind of it with Samuelson hurt for that time and Comries in goal and that's not going well and uh oh, looks like they're falling out. That is the only real stretch where we would have taken maybe one call or had one conversation about is this really going the way we think it's supposed to? Because yeah, no, there were there were odds on like who the first coach fired was at the beginning of the year, and Granada was like tenth on the list and we all like laughed at it. Like, that's not happening. So no, there's never been a stretch of of disappointment, I i mean, they've hit on these picks, though, right? Like, it not part of it that, like... So, the, the roster surgery that was once promised by Bottrell in an offseason that kind of never happened, like, they just kind of finally did it to me. Like, they finally did it, and to their credit, they didn't have to go this way. They had all these picks and prospects, and they've hit on them. Mm-hmm. So, like... That's kind of it. Like you just don't have to do much else. Like they could trade for Timo Meyer or Thatcher Demko. Like they could make some move to put them over the top or to kind of fast forward it a little bit. But to me, the big difference and why we've never been at that point with Granado or Adams is they walked in, they smashed on those picks, and we've never really had to think about you know supplementing everything else because oh we've got all these holes. That's what <laughs> happened on the last regime was. Round and round and round was we. Had, there's no secondary scoring. There's no cavalry coming on the blue line, and our defensemen stink. Like there, it was always okay. They got to do patchwork with Marcus Johansson's or Eric Stahl's or Carter Hutton's. Like they had to do that stuff, and now it feels like they just walked in, made a bunch of picks, and for ten years they're not gonna have to do any of that. Well, the one thing that I think you say, like, what's different? And, and you know, in these, uh, in this chair, in this microphone, on these airwaves, I've had a few rants. Uh, they stopped playing actively bad players. What right? happened to they walked in they, and traded Ristolainen? They got rid of Rasmus Ristolainen. They stopped playing Vladimir Sobotka top six minutes. Oh, a player that that sh- that is the worst era of uh, uh, ho- ho- Sabers hockey. A player in my life. that should have been bought out was playing top six. Jeff Skinner's on the pra- on the taxi squad. Yeah, like the organization. For a long time, when people would write me an email or tweet, what has to change? And part of it was, you know, plenty of people are mad at Jack or Reinhardt, and you can can do that if you want. What changed was, and this sounds ridiculous, but I I really think it's true. (laughs) A professional hockey organization started to recognize the difference between good and bad players. Yeah. They were that bad at it. Right. They were that bad at it. And now whether they're, it's because they're data-driven or their coach is able to bring more out of them or play them to their natural strengths, whether that's Dalene, or if that's Owen Power or if that's Thompson Cousins, on down the list. Haven't they kind of made it hard to play bad players? Because I'm trying to look down the list right now. like Who would be the guy that would be playing 20 minutes? Ralph Kruger would be playing 20 minutes and we'd be going, oh, that guy's playing way too much. Jurgensen's. He would played sure. Gergensen's twenty minutes because he's defensively right. Got principles, and he's a veteran, and, and we need that leadership out there. And Paterka would have never seen the light of day on this roster. Like he would—that's ne- a good point. He would not have been on the team. Quinn would have been maybe in Rochester. Who I knows? think. I think when Kruger was here, Thompson was in Rochester, and Middle was on the practice squad, not playing. Yeah, and not that he's amazing, but like that was a twenty-two-year-old at the time that just nope. Taxi squad, and Thompson would not have been at center. Probably wouldn't have happened. No, nope. would power be? doing the things he's doing on the ice? Or would he just, you know, hey, dump it in and skate back to he'd your own zone be, and stand in front of the net? He'd be doing exactly that. Yeah, yeah. So they deserve a lot of credit for how things have gone. I, I'm I'm thrilled about it. You know, tonight's a, it, it's a big game. You're going. I'm going. Is it I'm a black excited. and red game? I feel oh, like they should wear black and I found red. the name, by the way. Labushkin would be on the top pair for <laughs> sure. No, no offense to Labushkin. He's right. fine on the third pair. Uh, I'm going tonight. They, I think, just because of... Seeing the the white pants at practice. Oh no! Think they're going reverse retro tonight. Okay, all right, that's all right, all right. We're gonna yeah, have. I'm warming up to them a get, little bit. Listen, a all, little bit. We all have to deal with some adversity, and I'm prepared to deal with this adversity. Of is heavy. that the most adversity they faced all year? It's white pants. The white pants are. They're tough. It's tough. Is it the worst thing about the team? Which is a compliment. Ooh. Again, is it the worst thing about them right now? It has to be, doesn't it? <laughs> what would even be second on that list? I mean, the, I like the the sweater. It is the pants that are, you know, going to this game tonight and you're going to rock all the all white. I mean, the dot lean letter yesterday, the fact that this is a home game sandwiched in between 11 days off coming up and a road trip. Like, when's the last time they were home? Is it two weeks at least? It's been a while. So, this is like one home game kind of sandwiched in between a month without a home game. I'm kind of expecting that this bet arena is going to be packed tonight. It's a good opponent, too. Mm-hmm. They're not the Leafs, but they're they're great. So they're... I don't know how much of a draw the Hurricanes are. They should be because of how good they are. But, yeah, I'm expecting an atmosphere tonight. They're, you're kind of getting that more and more night to night. Like, you wondered at the beginning of the year, like, when will the fans come back? Like and Like, what will it take for that to happen? The season ticket base was more, I think, what that was about. But walk ops is helping this right now. Night-to-night, night, the building is fuller. Like, there are still those Tuesday night games against the Panthers or the Islanders. And, and where, tonight is Wednesday against Carolina. Yeah, so, like, maybe at, maybe, 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 there's be 12,000, 13,000 in there. I kind of feel like it's going to be close to a sellout. Yeah. I hope so. They, the, the vibes would tell you that right now. They, they play better in front of full crowds. We've We've gone through some of the stats on that. They have a much better record when the attendance is 17,000-plus than under 17,000. If not tonight, their next home game is a Saturday at 1230. And, you know, we've been to a couple of the afternoon games. They're not all quite kids' day games, but kids are at those games. We bring our kids to the afternoon games a bunch. And, uh, you know, those, those are generally pretty well attended. Our adversity is coming to an end because apparently this is the last game of the season they will be wearing reverse retros. Okay, all right. They played, they scheduled eight games. They have, this is it. This is the eighth and final game. Three of them were on the road. Two. So they only played five home games in what's, reverse retro. What's their record in these jerseys? Um, I'm going to have to get back to you on that. Unless we want to remember real quickly, Pittsburgh on November 2nd, that's the first time they wear them, they win that game. That's like they score four goals in the third period. They're down two. Mm-hmm. That was one of those first games of the year where it's, oh, my God, look how much this team can score. Uh, Boston at home in November 12th. They probably lost that game, just to guess. The Devils, the Penguins. Yeah, I'll look it up real quick. All right. Well, last game, farewell, goodbye, no more white pants. And that jersey probably never gets <clears throat> eh. worn again either. Would white pants work if you had a, a blue jersey? Um, No. I think it's... More, oh, maybe. No, I think it's more about the white pants in general. Isn't There's got to be something scientific why football and baseball white pants look just fine, but in hockey white, fan, white pants look bad. Is, it's because it's the, ice, ice? the surface. Isn't probably, it? It's probably just the ice. Yeah, the surface is is white. You can't. If you want to go back, and do blue ice, then you can wear the <laughs> white pants. Yeah. Another thing that happened along the way. That did happen. That was not. <laughs> that was not. During the drought No, though. that's like the that's, lockout. Yeah, that's oh like four oh five when they tinted the ice blue and made the blue lines yellow. Yes. That happened. We've lived a life here, you know? <laughs> we <We've, laughs> some things have happened. What a life we've lived. Eight oh three oh five fifty. If you want to chime in on, you know, just the Sabres general vibe. There's a big game tonight. They got they got Carolina. And if they win, they can move into a playoff spot. Carolina won last night in overtime, so you know, with the Sabres having a little bit of a break in Carolina playing last night, I wonder if it's not early edge Carolina, late edge Buffalo, right? Mm-hmm. You've got good young legs for this team, but you might have a little bit of rust to shake out. Good to hear Tage is back at practice, Cousins and Samuelson. Like, neat, n- nobody's seriously in a spot where they're going to miss a lot of time, which, you know, is one thing this team probably needs to avoid for some of their bigger players. I lied, by the way. The reverse retro night that was scheduled in Columbus for December 27th. Oh, here that we go. That was during the blizzard. So, so that game got postponed, and I believe I believe they're at Columbus the final night of the season. Did they make that game up already, or is that going to be the final game of the season? That's a good question. You're me you're going to end the season in the uh, reverse retros with the white pants? I think they might. Would you take clinching a playoff spot wearing those pants? Yes, of course. We'd all take yes. it. Yes. <laughs> Look at you. You threw more adversity at me this more. morning. I thought it was the last game, that, and now that, we get at least one more. No, I think it's going to be that final night. Final night of the season, I think. Are they obligated to wear them, game. or can they just say, like, ah, oh, that game got canceled? Um, yeah, they could they probably just not wear them, right? Yeah. Alright. We'll get Paul Hamilton coming up in about an hour for a, uh, a preview. And throughout the show, some football guests as well. We're going to have Joe Marino of the Draft Network at 8 o'clock. Senior Bowl going on this week. He's down in Mobile. We'll talk about um the Bills, as they head to free agency, some big decisions to make. We love our weekly talks with Joe coming up 8 o'clock on Wednesdays. Sean McIndoe of um, – where is he at? Uh, Puck Soup Podcast. Thank you. Puck yes. Soup Podcast. Uh, he'll join us coming up at 9. He's on the Sabres wagon, which is nice. Yes. So we'll do that at 9 o'clock. And uh, take your calls. Talk football as well. I've got a bunch of stuff to get to about the Sean Payton hire. That's big news for Denver. And, you know, we spent all last offseason talking about, oh, wow, look at the AFC Here's another feather in the cap for the AFC, a good coach. So, plenty to get to. If you want to talk on the Sabres, you can join us at 803 0550 here on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.